You're listening to The Mixed Project, a collection of photographs and narratives of Black folks in mixed race. I'm your host, Jeff Cooper. In this episode, I interview my friend Isabel. The first time I met Isabel was about four years ago at work. I was brand new, a little nervous, and when I entered the building, the first thing I saw was this young woman with a radiant smile who greeted me with a hello. She immediately put me at ease. Not only was it a relief to be met by a warm person, but Isabel was black, like me. And in the city where we're from, the black population is relatively small. To add to that, there was a third black employee that day, another young black woman. So we were three, young black people behind the counter serving the public. For this to happen in Vancouver is completely unheard of. It's like seeing a snowball in the desert, seeing a fish fly or an alien descend from space and serve you a tray of muffins. It just doesn't happen. Some customers who would come in that day did a bit of a double take, sort of a stare. Three young black people, all working at the same place. For us, we just rolled our eyes because having all grown up in Vancouver, we were quite used to being stared at quite used to being a bit of a novelty or even a spectacle to the people around us. As the weeks and the months went by, and I got to know Isabel more, I added her on social media. And online I saw something very different than the bright, warm, and seemingly inoffensive young woman I knew at work. Online, she was this skateboarding, meme-dropping, extremely opinionated, and almost loud individual who used her account to call out white supremacy, call out sexism, call out racism, homophobia, She riddled my feed with quirky jokes and creative randomness. I was shocked and thrilled at the same time. During this interview, we dug into Isabel's past, and I learned more about her journey through her her life and her relationship with her mixed-race background. I also discovered maybe why Isabel is so hard to pin down. I think it's because she doesn't want to be. She doesn't want to fit into a tidy little box and meet society's stereotypes of what a black woman should or can be. Isabella's intent on being her authentic self, her true self. And she holds space that is conducive to allowing those around her to do the exact same thing. You truly can't ask much more than that. So here we are sitting with Isabel. Uh, I'd like to first start by thanking you, Isabel, for taking the time out of your day, yeah. out of your busy schedule, um, to sit down with me and be one of my one of my guests, uh, one of my interviewees on uh, the, the Mix Project. Um, so, because I know you, um, I know what I think is kind of the full story regarding your race and who your parents are. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the listeners, could you let us know what are your roots? Yeah. So. On my mother's side, she is like a European mix. And so we're like French, Irish, Scottish, Portuguese. There's like myths about Chinese being a part of our background as well. And they, like that side of the family, moved to Canada like they were early colonizers. So we're about 12th generation Canadian. On that side. And then on my father's side, we're all Bayesian. So we're all from Barbados. And um, like my grandparents moved to 
London where they have my father and then they moved their family to New York. So I have family sort of like all over the place with them, like New York, Atlanta, London. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I thought your father was right from from Barbados, but no. No. London by way of London and then New York. And then he eventually ended up in Vancouver. That's right. Okay, very cool. And was that just like for work or something or for school or for... I think it was for fun. Just for fun. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was just like, I kind of like Canada. It's chill here wow yeah. if only that mobility was still as um as um fluid I know anyway um so <laughs> my next question is um how did your family or me your mom or your dad or both of them um talk to you about race when you were a child um so with my mother it was very much just like color blindness blindness mm-hmm. so there was like a knowledge that we were like people of color but it wasn't we didn't really talk about it and she didn't really like have conversations with us about race she had lots of friends from different ethnicities different countries so we grew up with like lots of different types of people around um, but we didn't talk about race with my father and my stepmother there was um more just like casual comments about blackness and about how we are black and um yeah it was it was sort of my own exploration of race where i learned what i know yeah but so it sounds like it was a bit of a non-issue growing up yeah. your father and your stepmother who presumably she also black yeah they yeah. talked about it in, in comments but nothing no sit down at the table and listen this is what we are and these are all the different implications yeah there was none of that not really no okay. and it was it was complicated because it was like as black girls growing up in vancouver myself and my little sister mm-hmm. like we experienced racism and would talk about it and it was like that's horrible that's not right like that's not how you treat people but it wasn't a sort of like in-depth conversation as to like what what's going on mm-hmm. I, it's hard to explain no i completely understand <laughs> it's super it's super disjointed because it really is like on the one hand like yes we were black having those experiences and like having conversations about them but not backed with like this like like in-depth conversations about race Mm -hmm. or like critical conversations about race but i guess also we were children so so for a lot of us here in vancouver what constitutes black community is often something very small Mm -hmm. mostly family or sometimes just a few friends and for some people, the black community, a black community doesn't really exist at all. There are some maybe in the region or in the, in the province who feel like they don't have much black community. Um, but I'm curious to know for you, what was your experience like as a child as far as having black community? Um, like, it, it was null. It was very much like, I am one of maybe two or three other black people that I know um, peripherally. You know, like I didn't even really have black friends or like black other black kids in my grade. It was just like, you know, there's a couple that I know about and that I see around. Um, So I didn't have a black community until I was older. And um, I think that the experience was probably a little bit different from my little sister's experience because she grew up with a few more other like women of color. But I did not. Yeah. I was very alone in it. Yeah. 
How did that feel? It was, it was, um, it was challenging. Um, I remember when I was little, I used to, I used to actually refer to myself as mixed race Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to negate like the importance of my mother's like role Mm -hmm. and my mother's family and raising me and existing. And I remember my stepmother was like, you aren't mixed race, you're black. And I was like, I'm not not black, I'm mixed race. (laughs) Like, you know, like, don't tell me what I am. Yeah. But, you know, that understanding that, like, it's not just about how you see yourself. It's about how you play in the world and how the world sees you. Yeah. That is important. And now I refer to myself as a black person. As a black person. Mm -hmm. You go by black and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But when I was little, it was complicated because I was like surrounded by white people. I was the only black person. And I, I thought, okay, like I'm not just a black person. Mm -hmm. I'm a mixed person. Mm -hmm. There's more to my story than just like my blackness. So, you know, we're talking, you're talking about sort of growing up being one of the only, being the only in most instances, um, a black person, person of black and uh, mm-hmm. black ancestry in your, in your community, in your surroundings. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to know, was there a moment when you first realized that you were mixed race? Maybe a first, maybe the first moment that you realized that you were black, because it's kind of yeah. what it would have been for you. If you were surrounded by tons of black people and you were the only mixed one, maybe there would have been that realization. Right. But I'm putting words in your mouth right now, so you can feel free to sort of um, reshape this any way you'd like but maybe for you it was a realization that you were black yeah when was that first when did that first happen for you i mean i i was aware of my of my blackness from a very early age and i remember so my older sister there's three of us Mm -hmm. my older sister is a white lady with blonde hair and blue eyes and when she would introduce us to her friends as her sisters she (laughs) would get like all of these really surprised and like like uncomfortable reactions that she had to deal with. And so I think that from like watching her be like, no, these are my sisters. Like these aren't my adopted sisters. This is my family. Not that adopted kids are not your family, but you know, it was, we share blood. Yeah. It was like, we share blood. Like, like these are my true sisters. I understood that like there was a big difference between us and her and the way that we were being seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, off the bat, people aren't seeing us as like a whole family. Yeah. Yeah. That really feeds into my next question. Um, So mixed race people are of course the products of mixed race couples. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to think about that from the very beginning. Um, In your instance, you're the product of a black father and a white mother. Um, And I think the idea of mixed race couples historically has disrupted the concept of the nuclear family. Mm. You know, the nuclear family is often described as a mother, a father and two children. Mm-hmm. What's often not mentioned is this unspoken assumption that these people are all of the same race. Yeah. I think sometimes when we think about the nuclear family, we assume they're all white or maybe they're all Asian or all Hispanic, but there's this assumption that they're all going to be the same race. And I think that mixed race people have historically disrupted this notion. And we have to remember that it wasn't that long ago that in countries like the U.S. and even more recently in South Africa, it was illegal for a black person and a white person to be married and to have a family. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to know how being mixed race has informed your idea of what family is. Oh my gosh, that is such an excellent and like loaded and interesting question and I don't even know where to start. (laughs) Take your time. Take your time. (laughs) Like with... It's interesting and it's true. Like my family has always felt unique in that sense that we are not all looking the same 
we're not all like like I have an older brother who's in his 40s my older sister is white and that's from families before so like when I would interact with other people and they ask me about my family it's like okay do you want to sit down like can you do you have a minute and it's a lot of like explaining of like what my family is and like what they they look like and so that's really interesting and then also just in terms of like my mother and my father's coupling my mother's side of the family like my grandmother in particular no no shade to you grandma I hope you hear this she warned my mom and was like your kid's gonna have a hard time are you sure you want to have a black child pretty much and then on my father's side of the family there was this like what are you doing with this white lady like what are you up to and they didn't trust or appreciate or like her at all through their whole like six years that they were together um raising me and my sister so so i imagine that my experience would be really different if i had had like a white father and was a white person with my mother obviously but also if I was just a full black person, I think that my father's family would have accepted us in a way that they didn't. Did, did it feel, did your family feel like a family to you internally? Was it just external, um, um, uh, not suspicion, um, uh, was it an external thing that made uh, your family maybe feel complicated internally as a unit? Did you feel like a family? Yeah, I mean, my parents divorced when I was so young, right? When I was six. So I was always of two, two sort of families that were in conflict. Like, it wasn't a good breakup. It was like they did not like each other. Okay. But, um, you know, in terms of my extended family, it was always... We were always mixed. We were always, like, the black kids in the white family and the, like, like light-skinned but also Canadian like side of my dad's family and they're all like black and from the u.s so they're having a very different experience and so there was always an understanding that like we were the different kids you're the different kids okay mm -hmm. yeah yeah um how do you think it impacts your idea of family now when you think about family now mm -hmm. um do you think that your um interpretation of the word family has been influenced by your own experience yeah completely i think I think more so because of this idea of like trauma and international intergenerational trauma, my idea of family is very different. Like I think your family is people that you love and that you accept and who accept you and love you and who you can communicate with. And like, I think that's different than a lot of families who, who interact with their family members just because they are family. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I think my idea of family is different and I think it's very based on like, uh, like my values, yeah. Yeah. my values for sure. So I have a curiosity about race, place and space and how our races, mixed race people morphs depending on the setting. Um, so if you will, I'd like to talk to you uh, about your experience dating as mm -hmm. a black woman, mm -hmm. or as a woman of mixed race. Mm -hmm. Are you game? Yeah, okay. yeah, let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'm, I'm curious to know how issues of your race, whether it be your identity as a black woman or as a mixed race person, has come up as a young woman in the city who, you know, has gone through periods of being in relationships and being single. How has it come up? Have there been reoccurring comments, remarks, types of treatment that you've experienced from men? Yeah. So, I mean, I have, for the most part, been in good relationships. And for the most part, like, my longest relationships have been with white men. And... But in terms of just, like, dating and being out there, like, I've totally experienced, like, fetishization, period. Like, just being that, like, this black woman. And that's where the story sort of stops. It's like, oh, you're the black woman. How does that become apparent that they're looking at you as the black woman? Um, sometimes it's, it's more obvious. They'll say things like... Like, I've always wanted to to sleep with a black lady. I've always wanted to date a black lady. Or, like, oh, like, you seem... Uh, you seem, like, fun and wild and, like, na-na. And it's like, no, you, you don't know me. <laughs> or it'll be more insidious where, like, after the fact, we'll find out that, like, you know, they only date black women. Oh, wow. And that they uh, they have a... A tendency to like not um, see black women as, as full people, but just as this like sort of token that they're into. Mm-hmm. So there be sort of words like wild. Um, you you seem exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of um, make it make it apparent that they're seeing you um, as a black person in this space, as opposed to as opposed to an entire entire woman. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever felt yourself being fetishized for being lighter skinned? No, I think that that is just a, like, I don't think, how do I explain this? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that is something that occurs, but I don't have, like, explicit, like, proof of it or evidence of it. But I know that colorism is real, and I know that I'm treated differently because I am light skinned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just know it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I think that, I, go ahead, sorry, let me just cut you off at all. No, I was just going to also say that, like, that, like, it happens from women, too. I remember one woman that I was involved with was, like, really interested in in talking about our coupling as, like, a racialized thing. Okay. So, like, she was also a woman of color. She was Southeast Asian. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, God, how do I explain this? <laughs> she, she was talking about how, like, we need to appreciate this because we are both women of color in ways that I felt, like, weren't, weren't authentic. And so, like, that is also interesting. It's, like... I understand that this is like political, our skin color is political, but like what we're doing is just being people together. And so making like getting to know me a political act is kind of difficult for me. I'm trying to think, listen, how do I want to say this? Part of me wonders is maybe her 
um, understanding of, of you was one dimensional in the beginning. I'm not sure where this yeah. relationship went. Maybe she's the love of your life. Well, no, I think it was just another explanation or another example of tokenizing. Yeah. Cause she was, I mean, this is, this is like a one anecdote thing, but she was like, Oh, I had a dream about being with an Afro black woman and na 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 na. So it was like, it was interesting to get that sort of tokenizing from another like woman of color. Woman of color. Yeah. My question, my next thing I have wrote down was, have you ever tolerated some bullshit? It sounds like you have. Plenty. <laughs> so Plenty bullshit. Oh my God. She's, she's tolerated some oh bullshit. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. So there's often a lot of talk of mixed race people receiving privilege, which we kind of just touched on sort of the idea of being lighter skin and how colorism sort of works in their favor. Um, but just because your skin may be lighter than some other black people's doesn't mean that racism doesn't find some way of coming and knocking on your door or finding you in the workplace or finding you on the streets mm. um, or anywhere you, you, you may be on vacation even. Um, so what are some of the examples of racism that you've had to deal with in your life? Would you like a list? <laughs> <laughs> It's like obscene in this city how much racism you deal with or that I have dealt with. I mean, I've had overt racism. I've been called a nigger in the streets. I have been... I have been... Oh, gosh, where do I... Where do I start? I have people make comments about my skin color, about my hair. I have people trying to touch me. I have people... Um... Yeah, like, uh, I, I have tried to go to hair salons and told them that I'm Afro and been turned away. Mm. I just, like, there is no part of my life that I can think of that I haven't dealt with racism. There's this there's this idea by some people who I've spoken to here in Vancouver that Vancouver is sort of like a safe place for black people. I'm curious to know um, what you think. I'm curious to know what racism what racism towards black people looks like in Vancouver. Yeah. What do you I think mean, it looks like? That's a great question. I think it looks like microaggressions. I think it looks like colorblindness. I think it looks like being um, hyper-visible and invisible at the same time. Um, I think it looks like having difficult conversations with people, <laughs> like hurtful conversations with people. There's like so much ignorance around race and then a fear of talking about race if you're not a person of color. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like, I, I know that the conversations that I have with my fellow black folk in Vancouver are different than the conversations that are happening in like the white community here, which is overwhelming. And that if they were privy to those conversations, they'd be very uncomfortable because I've seen their discomfort around it. Can you think of an example where you saw someone be uncomfortable? Like what was the subject that was brought up mm. and what was what, that, that sparked discomfort in somebody who wasn't a person of color, who wasn't black maybe? When I, um, well, there was one time when, um, one of my peers, one of my coworkers was, saying to me, she, she noticed that my last name was Stuart. And so she said, oh my gosh, Isabel, I just realized that your last name is Stuart. And she was like, do you think that we're related? She was like, I have Stuarts on my mother's side. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I was like, maybe if they were slave owners, because that's the reason why I have the name that I have. And it was just this, like, I could see her just like, 
like her mind exploding. She's like, oh no, like, am I racist? What does this mean? Na na na. And it's like, you just haven't thought about these things. Yeah. And she was like, did a lot of backpedaling and then was like, oh my God, like, who do you want to change your name? Na na na. She was like, do you want to change your everyone name? Everyone should be able to change their name for like decolonization. I was like, you're just like running, you're running this so hard because you're uncomfortable with yeah. the idea of bringing up slavery. Yeah. And like that, that conversation doesn't have to be uncomfortable. Like, I'd like to think that if I was on the other side of that, I'd be like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, maybe I'm a white lady in Canada. How did yeah. you get here? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, had, I've had that experience before. And I think that um, the amount of effort that it would take to try and manage that other person's emotions to the point that maybe they wouldn't feel uncomfortable in that in that situation can be really exhausting. Totally. Because it sounds like you just said to them, you said in a way that was maybe almost, was it serious or was it, was it comical? I was just like, I was just chuckling to myself and I was like, oh, you know, no, I don't think we're related. <laughs> Unless you're related to some Bayesians. Like, I don't, I don't know what, like, no, 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 no. Like, think about it. <laughs> Which is like, fine. Like, you can ask those questions, but you have to be prepared to have to have answers from people who are have mixed backgrounds, who have complicated histories, and that and that doesn't usually happen to people in Vancouver. And so you get a lot of those like, oh my god, this is the first time I've had this conversation. First I'm scared. Time. I don't know yeah. what to do. Yeah. Or like yeah. people asking inappropriate like asking inappropriate questions about race and stuff because I'm a black person. I get the like, oh, what do you think? You become the spokesperson. Yeah. Do you think only... what I did was racist? And then I'm like, I don't yeah. know. I'm not the, I'm not the queen of, <laughs> like what, if you're racist or not. Yeah. I don't, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I know that you're very interested in justice for black people. Um, the ongoing fight for racial equality and um, equality, probably not just for black people, but for all types of people. Mm -hmm. um, but specifically to movements for the betterment and better treatment of, uh, of black people, have you ever had difficulty reconciling your white identity with your black identity while fighting for freedom as a black person when the oppression is often coming um, from white society? Is there any intention there internally there for you? Um, no, <laughs> no, because I didn't, I didn't ask for being this person and I don't think anybody like, how do I explain this? It's like, I don't think that the white my white history is complicates my black history. I don't think that anybody is that simple or any histories or any relationships that people are having are that simple. And so, I mean, I think that, that we all need to just be critical of our pasts, of our ancestry, and all need to embrace it because I don't think we're anything without our lineages and without our like our our stories mm -hmm. and our families. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I don't feel I don't feel conflicted about that. 
You do, and that's and that, I'm glad that's your answer. That's beautiful. Um, and it sounds like to me that like you know just because you are part one thing doesn't mean that you can't advocate for something else. Yeah. Um, you know you can't be just because you're a member of one community. And this is sort of like a, a conversation about you know who you are as internally as a human being. Um, those things don't have to necessarily rest in opposition to each other, which I think is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, what about externally though? Um, say with you, even your family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had any interesting conversations with white family members? Maybe Ooh. don't understand understand your experience and why you feel so passionately about fighting racism totally yeah definitely i felt that yeah so (laughs) how do i answer that respectfully i um i have sat down with with my family members and had very complicated conversations with them about race i mean i don't talk to my brother because he doesn't understand where I come from when it comes to like feminism, race, any of my politics. You don't talk to him at all. I don't talk to him at all. And I tried, like I tried because I, I did the like, you're my blood. I'm going to try for you. Like, this is important. He called my little sister racist for, for the way she was talking about white folks. And so I was like, can't do that. We're going to have a conversation about that. Sat down for hours. We walked around and it just didn't. It never made sense to him where I was coming from. And so it's like, yeah, that our relationship is different because I'm a, I'm a black person and because I'm very adamant and very adhered to my values and politics around race. And it's important to me. So we don't speak. Um, my grandmother, she tries, you know, uh, <laughs> we've had awkward interactions. I mean, my family is so small too, right? Yeah. On my mother's side, it's really just like my siblings, my mother, my grandmother. There's no, your, your mother has no siblings. She does, but <laughs> we don't speak to them. You don't either. speak to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like you're talking to someone who has like a very small family. Yes. Period. Yes. Yeah. Over but, time, it sort of whittled down to just a just a. Yeah. Oh, I mean, then there's my mother, for example, and like we have, uh, she is an incredibly loving, compassionate, intelligent, awesome, rad, strong ass woman. Um, and there have been conversations with her being like, look, like we're different. And she's like, I hate it. And we're like, yeah, I know you hate it, but that's not the way to deal with it is by just getting angry about it. It's like, we just need to be able to talk about this stuff okay. and you need to be on the on the right side with it. And, and she is. And she is. Okay. Yeah. When you say she hates it, what does she hate about it? She hates... She hates that we're treated differently because of our race. She just hates that that we struggle in ways that she like can't control and she can't protect she us can't protect from. You, yeah. And so that's very like frustrating for her. And um, it's taken some, like a little bit of just talking about our politics with her mm-hmm. around what that looks like and how it is really different. And because she doesn't see it as she much as she it. and she has said this before, you know, she's like, as much as I love you guys and I see you guys, I don't live you day to day. And my life is different because of who I am. And I'm like, cool, you're you're there because yeah. that's all you need to do. I think as a white person is just acknowledge that your experience is different and support. So it sounds like your mother, she really meets you there as far as what you mm-hmm. need from her as, yeah. um, as, as a mother who was, who was of a different race than you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting because I think that like um, for a lot of mixed race people that I've spoken to, there's not always an internal struggle. For some there is, but it tends to be more ex- external. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a bit more when you assume your black identity. Mm-hmm. 
that um, that white family members sometimes don't have a lot of time or a lot of energy for those conversations or they just oh, don't want to yeah. go there with you. Yeah. Um, and I think also sometimes, and then so it can also work the other way where sometimes your black family members, if you, if you do anything that's sort of quote unquote considered white, yeah, you'll get, um, some flack for that as well. Okay. But that's, but that's, I think, um, yeah, you don't have any examples of that. Do you? Oh, in my family, in no, your family, in my life. Yeah. In your life. Okay. Yeah. So what have you experienced as far as the other any moments where people turn to you and are we on the same page right now? Yeah, we're on the same page. I mean, this, this also just makes me think back to one, one question you had about like whether or not you're treated differently for, for being light skin. Uh -huh. I actually did have a friend once tell me, you know, we, we got into a very similar conversation about race that I have with my brother where he was like, racism here doesn't exist. I understand racism as a white man because like I, I've been to Asia, um, you know, stuff like that. That's just kind of negligent, and, um, <laughs> you know, and I was like, no, it does. I do. I experience it trying to like defend myself and, and prove it, which is the exhausting part of those conversations is, is trying to be like, no, this does happen. And, and having someone not trust your experience is exhausting. But he said, you know, you're not even black. Like, what are you complaining about? You're not even really a black person. And because I'm light skinned. So, so I think that some people do think that when they look at me, I don't experience racism because I'm light skinned. Mm -hmm. um, but um, in terms of like, like this idea of blackness and assuming blackness, when I was young, like I was such a, I was such a like moody, grumpy punk kid I was like pissed I was trying to like divorce myself from my blackness because I'm like I did not like my father like we got in lots of fights I didn't like being um I didn't like the idea that people presumed that they knew me because I was black mm -hmm. and like I understood the stereotypes that people were writing for black people and I saw it mm -hmm. and I didn't want people to think that they knew me because of it yeah so I was like you know, I was listening to rap music. I was listening to Snoop Dogg and fucking all the rap music. But I wouldn't tell people that off the bat. I'd be like, I like classical music and punk rock. And so funny. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah. you know, I would dress um, really alty. And like, um, I would not... Maybe like code switch my voice for sure not speak the way that like maybe I learned to with my dad I mean there's so many ugh, that's a whole conversation so you, around language so you were, speaking but yeah so you were doing things sort of like to blend in with white society to blend in with white society but also to try to like hold on to my like rebellious nature I was like I was I was like a fuck all of y'all kid gotcha I was like fuck you I don't like authority I don't like you you don't know me I'm gonna do my own thing um, yeah, I was like, you can't get me. I was like, you can't, gotcha. you can't get who I am. I getcha. Cause so it wasn't even, it wasn't, so maybe it was less of a blending in with white society. And like, this is of course more of a question than a statement, but mm. so I'd love to hear your response to this less um, about blending in with white society and more about just staying, um, Un uncatchable, unidentifiable. Mm -hmm. No one could pin you down. Yeah, you want to sort of slip out from under people's grasps and yeah. just keep and keep it rolling. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to have my own identity. Okay, I didn't want it to be based on what other people thought I should be doing. Even if it was, even if their assumptions were happened to be correct, you yeah. didn't like that. I didn't like it. I understand. I that. wanted to be a 
Pokemon card. I want it to be like, you don't get me until you talk to me and you learn who I am. And then you can get me. But like, yeah. And I mean, a part of that definitely was like growing up in East Van in the 90s, in the early 2000s and being the only black kid, like the things that I had to go to were white alt culture. And so that, that made me sort of like align with those things and go towards those things Mm -hmm. and be in like really white spaces. Um, and there was something empowering too about that being the only black person at the punk show. Yeah. I didn't, I, I get excited now when I go to punk shows and there's other black people. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Like everyone needs to be here. But, but back then I was like, like, you guys don't know me. You guys don't know me. You guys don't know me. I'm here in your space. And that's like, I'm doing that. I'm going to be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But did, did, did you, did you like the tokenism or no? It wasn't about liking the tokenism. It was the tokenism maybe isn't. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't that. So growing up, I definitely was still interacting with like black theory mm-hmm. and I was interacting with black culture and with black music and I would get excited when I would meet other black people and it was like I was like as much as I was like doing um, all the other things that I was doing like interacting with white culture a lot um, I was still keeping my black theory close and it was like pulling me through those times as well and I thought it's like that it was also a very important developmental thing for me. And yeah. I seeked it out myself. I was like, I'm going to find black artists that I like because that's important to me. And on my dad's side, I grew up listening to lots of music. The music, music from the Caribbean? More jazz. Jazz, okay. More American music, jazz, rap, black rock, funk masters, that kind of stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, that kind of leads into my last, my, not my last, two, two more, three more questions and we're almost done, but mm-hmm. that sort of leads into sort of my next question, which is, um, you know, the black identity, it's highly politicized mm-hmm. and we as people who claim blackness as part of our identity are subjugated to messages that are sometimes very toxic and very, uh, um, negative about black people. Um, and then thankfully, thankfully we also receive, um, sometimes these messages that are much more uplifting. And I think that's one of the good things about social media, for example, is you can sort of like curate this space for yourself where you're being receiving positive messages about what it means to be a black person. Mm -hmm. So my question for you is what are the parts of your black identity that you draw the most strength and inspiration from? So I think the aspects of blackness that I draw strength from are the like resilience of my ancestors thinking about how like it brings me comfort and it makes me feel hopeful and purposeful thinking that I wasn't really supposed to be here this way and I think that that is just glorious and like when I look at black culture and black music and and black people expressing themselves and being honest and being vulnerable and like growing past like or growing through like the trauma that we've experienced as people it's just like it's just like overwhelmingly beautiful to me to be like wow we really like are at this point we're here in a way that maybe we we really weren't supposed to be People didn't think we were people. I think, too, like at this point in my life, I'm thinking a lot about 
the importance of place and the importance of like nurturing and the importance of connection in our like mental, spiritual, like holistic well-being and also our, our well-being that extends beyond the individual, that extends to our communities and our environment and all of that. And I think that it's so crazy that we've been through so much and we still have that potential for, for like love and health and caring. And like, there's a lot of darkness in, in like the lives of black folks who come from slaves. I think that's just a part of it. And there's a lot of dysfunction, but I see so many people like working through that in really admirable and cool ways. I think we have reached a place, there's sort of a level of enlightenment that we've, read, that we've reached as a society where we can start to sort of look back at ourselves, look at ourselves a bit more objectively and see the trauma and see the hurt. There's a lot of conversations about that now and mm-hmm. try to start to work through them. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you that it is really inspiring to see the black people who still have the capacity to love, mm-hmm. to simply love, Yeah. to have the capacity to love after you've been treated so poorly. Yeah. Um, I think is... Um, and remain to be treated so like, yes yes like, of course yes that racism is still like so like sometimes i think about it i'm like i wish i just got black lady days off <laughs> for having to deal with all this nonsense you know like i just want like a couple extra sick days for having to deal with all of this shit that i didn't ask for <laughs> and you know we're not there yet but <laughs> maybe one day so that's it for my questions. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I, I want to ask you how you define blackness <laughs> and what, what is being black. That's the thing that's tying all these experiences together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that is so um, vague and malleable and differentiates from person to person. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what, what is that? What is blackness? I don't think it, uh, personally, I don't think it exists. Oh, I, I didn't expect that answer <laughs> from you. Well, I just, I don't think it is a term that makes any sense beyond the like confines of like fascism and racism. I think that like that thing that makes us black is, is white supremacy. I think that's what makes us black. It's the because other ring. The, the thing, the thing that like that my Bayesian grandma has in in relation to like um, someone's Ugandan grandmother. There's like no connect, but we're all black. So I think it's like an oversimplistic mm-hmm. term. I don't, and I don't yeah. think that that exists outside of like the the construct of or the perspective of whiteness and I love like looking right at that nasty beast which is like is racism and then also the beautiful fact of the matter which is like people living their lives and like that's what I think is so cool about this project is that like you're giving a little window, a little peek into the lives of people who have complicated relationships with race Mm -hmm. and who are complicated, whose lives are complicated by the reality that is race. Mm -hmm. And like, as much as I think that blackness doesn't exist, I think it, it is something that is impactful. 
It is a, right. it is an impactful concept. Okay, so thank you, Isabel. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your day um, to answer my questions. I'm really glad you you uh, decided to sit down and chat mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this project. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, once again for listening to another episode of The Mix Project. Uh, Please don't forget to like, subscribe, review, do all those things for me. And um, also check out the website. There are some really incredible, if I may say so myself, uh, photos that accompany each interview of each guest. That's at themixproject.com. X spelled mix spelled M-I-X-D. Themixproject.com.